0: Hey there, everyone, I'm Amy Chaplin, and you're listening to Episode 77 of the Piano Pantry podcast. As I've been gearing up to offer the online summer session of my digital organization coaching series, I've felt inspired to share a few technology focused episodes with you. While the episode title says you'll hear about seven useful Chrome extensions, I actually have 10 I'm going to share. Seven are ones that I frequently use that are must haves to me, and three are more fun ones that are newer to me that maybe I don't really use a lot myself, but are ones I think you might enjoy and want to consider. So I'm calling those bonus shares. Don't worry if you're not even sure what an extension is or what all the hype is over using Chrome, we'll also talk briefly about that before I give you my list. Also, tune in at the end for a special announcement for those going to NCKP, the National Conference for Keyboard Pedagogy, in a couple of weeks in Chicago. Have you been stressed over the mass amount of emails hitting your inbox daily? Do you have a computer desktop covered in files you're afraid to put anywhere else because you don't think you'll be able to find them? Do you like the idea of being more efficient with your workspace, but don't know where to start? Join me for a three-day summer intensive where we will walk through a progressive process for cleaning up, reorganizing, and learning how to manage six key areas of our digital lives. We'll cover two areas each day from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time, beginning on Monday, July 31st with our devices and computers. Tuesday, August 1st, we'll talk about documents and media, and on Wednesday, August 2nd, blog subscriptions and email. As a bonus, you'll get access to four additional online office hours where I'll be able to help you through the cleanup process. I love what Gabrielle, a teacher from North Carolina, had to say. She said, I think the motto, use what you have, is impossible when you don't know what you have. I'm confident that finally getting a handle on all the games, the worksheets, and the digital sheet music will make me a more efficient teacher. Amy has been so patient and supportive as we rifled collectively through thousands of documents and emails. Every piece of sheet music and game I own is now in a file. It's pretty amazing and freeing. They all have a place. Jennifer, a teacher from Ohio, said, it's been a huge relief just understanding how these systems work and how the settings on my computer work. I've relied on other people to set up these systems for me in the past and never really understood. Being able to go in and change some of the settings or rearrange files and see how my email system works is so beneficial to me. For just $79, teacher friends, you'll start your year off right. Visit PianoPantry.com forward slash digital for more details and to register. Together, we'll organize our digital lives. Since today's episode is about Chrome extensions, there are three things I want to address first. First of all, let's recognize that while everyone may not use Chrome, According to a quick Google search, roughly six out of ten people do. So it's still a large chunk of Internet users with Safari leading next. Why is that? Well, there's several reasons, I would say. One of the biggest is that Chrome is designed to be faster than other browsers. I find it's also visually and functionally simple, while at the same time, sleeker and more customizable. If you're on a Mac, I understand why you might use Safari. However, if you're on a PC, I would consider giving Chrome a try. Second, I wanted to make sure I didn't assume everyone just knows what an extension is. So an extension is a program you install to create certain functionalities on your browser. Sometimes it's an extension that only works with the browser itself. And sometimes it's literally an extension of a full program you have that talks to that program. If you're unsure what I mean by that, I think it'll make more sense once we dive into the list. Lastly, how do you get these extensions onto your browser? Chrome has a web store similar to your device's app store. You navigate there by clicking on the three little dots in the top right hand corner of Chrome, and then you select extensions about halfway down. In the Chrome Web Store, you then search for the extension and hit the button for add to Chrome. It downloads it and adds it to your browser automatically. Your extensions will show up in the top right hand corner of chrome just to the right of your search bar and to the left of the three little dots that opens the chrome settings and such if anything you'll at least see an icon of what looks like a puzzle piece if you click on that puzzle piece you'll be able to see all your extensions in order to see them without having to expand the puzzle icon you have to click on the little tack pin icon to pin them so that they will always appear in your browser bar. That's what I like to do. Otherwise, you know, it's out of sight, out of mind. Now that I've covered logistics, let's dive into my recommendations. If you listened to Episode 76 last week, I shared five productivity tips for your digital workspace. The last item on last week's list is the first one on my list this week, and that's a password manager. While we use LastPass, there are certainly other ones out there like one password that you can consider using. This is one of those extensions that talks to another program. It doesn't only exist in your browser. LastPass will interact with you on your browser and save information into its main vault. Think of it like a bank vault. LastPass has an app for your device and can also be logged into directly on your browser. It's so handy, not only for recalling saved passwords, but also for when you create new accounts or update passwords in current accounts. LastPass will recognize if you're creating a new account and will have a little pop-up that will prompt you to ask if you want it to save the new account that you just created. It will also recognize if you've changed a password and can even create custom strong passwords. We also would like to use LastPass for recalling payment information such as um, credit cards. So when I'm purchasing something online, I don't have to pull out a credit card anymore. I can just open LastPass and find the credit card that I want to pay with. All right, so the second extension that I find useful is Loom. Loom is a recording software that will allow you to easily create screen recordings and then send a direct link to someone. It's so convenient and you're not having these screen recordings taking up space in your media account like Google Photos or having to use special screen recording software. I remember first hearing about this from Levis maybe a couple of years ago, but I've only had reason to start using it myself in the last few months as I brought on an assistant who helps me out a few hours a week. It's been an easy way to show her quickly how to do something. On a side note, you might get a kick out of knowing that my assistant is one of my former piano students. She was actually one of my very first students to sign up back in 2011 for lessons when I first opened my studio and she was with me for 10 years. She's now going on to be a a sophomore, I believe, in college and is studying digital marketing, so it's worked perfectly for both of us. All right. Number three on my list is Evernote and number four is Notion. So both of these are note taking and productivity programs. Since they have similar capabilities and uses, I'm going to talk about them together. I used Evernote for years until about a year or so ago when a friend introduced me to Notion. Now, I made it sound like I stopped using Evernote, but I didn't. I now tend to use Evernote a little bit differently as more of just my dumping ground for where I save things like articles and quotes and take notes during conferences and such. Notion has become the place where I organize my life. It's a lot more visual and database driven with drag and drop content blocks. It's a little more involved to learn to use to its fullest than Evernote. So honestly, for most teachers, I would still recommend Evernote. If you're a little more tech savvy, though, and aren't afraid to learn a new program, then you definitely might want to try out Notion. Adding the extension to your browser for either of these programs means that you can clip information directly from the Internet. Notion's Web Clipper is not as advanced as Evernote's. You can only clip web pages in one format, which is partly why I still like to use Evernote as my place to just capture and save, whether it's an interesting article or an idea for my studio. Evernote's Web Clipper will allow you to clip an entire web page, a selection of text from the page, a cleaned up version of the page where you remove like all the ads, or even images directly from a page, it's pretty slick. You can also access your Evernote Web Clipper by right clicking on the page anywhere. I said page a lot in that, didn't I? (laughs) All right. Number five on my list is Grammarly. This is a program that acts as your English teacher, whether it's spelling, grammar, punctuation, clarity, tone, it's amazing how much it detects. I've been using Grammarly for so long now, I almost can't remember when I started. I know the company started in 2009, and I don't remember having it in grad school between 2009 and 11. Unfortunately, (laughs) that would have been nice, but I'm sure we've been using it um, at least 10 years, so we must have gotten it not long after. Anyway, I wrote a blog post several years ago on the Piano Pantry website when doing a top tools and resources series which I appropriately called Grammarly Spell check on steroids. <laughs> I thought it was an appropriate title. Um, so don't forget, I will link to all of these things in the show notes, including that article as well, if you want to check it out. My sixth recommendation is another one that I wrote a blog post on several years ago, and back then it was called Wikibuy, but is now called Capital One Shopping. There's a lot of different extensions like this out there. Another one is called um, a popular one is called Honey. I tried that a few years ago, but didn't care for it as much as Capital One Shopping, but I've been pretty happy with it. Um, What happens is when you purchase something on a website, it will look for a coupon code and automatically try to apply them for you at checkout. It will tell you if it has found any that you can use or if you have the best deal. I've definitely saved money over the years by implementing this extension on sites like sheet music plus and musicnotes.com and any other place I shop online, so give it a try. It's worth it. Lastly, on my list is Colorzilla. This is a color picking tool that will allow you to easily find the hex or RGB color code from any color on a web page. Like Capital One Shopping, there are lots of different color selectors out there. I think this is maybe the third one I've tried. So, you know, give it a try. And if you don't like how it works, just look for a different one on the Chrome Web Store. So those are my top seven, not top three, top seven recommended Chrome extensions that I think you'll find useful. LastPass, Loom, Evernote, Notion, Grammarly, Capital One Shopping and Colorzilla. Now, before I share my three bonus extensions, I want to make sure you're aware of and educated on the fact that while Chrome is said to be the fastest browser, some things can slow it down and having too many extensions is one of them. Also, I've had extensions in the past that have caused issues. So if you ever start having trouble with your browser after adding an extension, just remove it temporarily and see if that fixes your problem. I actually had that with one of the color um, extensions that I used in the past. I can't remember which one it was. But anyways, I don't know the magic number. And I'm sure some extensions cause more lag than others. But just beware that you don't want to go too crazy here. Alright, so the last three I want to mention today are Bitmoji, Giphy, and Tab Resize. Bitmoji allows you to send Bitmoji stickers in Gmail and copy and paste them virtually anywhere on the web. It's the same thing with Giphy. You can find and use GIFs in email or any other place on the web that will allow you to. It's pretty cool. My husband's probably more likely to use these than I am, at least Giphy. <laughs> His virtual business team is forever sharing silly little things like that in chats or during meetings or whatever. Um, but it's something you could have a lot of fun with. Tab Resize is an extension that allows you to create custom layouts of your browser tabs. You can split your screen into two or four windows and such so that you're viewing multiple windows dispersed like puzzle pieces across your screen. My Windows 11 has a built in function that allows me to do this. So I don't use this extension as much, but it may be something that you would find super useful. Splitting screens can be a great way to be more productive with certain workflows. For example, I like to split my screen when doing lesson planning. I put my spreadsheet on the left and Tanara on the right. Another instance I use split screens for is when recording this podcast. I have my notes on one side and the recording screen software on the other so that I can see them simultaneously. Once again, my three bonus extensions are Bitmoji, Giphy, and Tab Resize. Don't forget, friends, you can get all these links um, in the show notes today. I've linked directly to all the extensions as well as the Chrome Web Store and a couple of those blog articles that I've written in the past. Also, visit pianopantry.com forward slash digital to sign up for the Summer Digital Organization Intensive. Time is closing in for the 2023 Biennial National Conference for Keyboard Pedagogy in the suburbs of Chicago. Now, I'm not presenting this year, unfortunately. I was too busy traveling Europe last fall when the deadline hit to submit. Regardless, I really look forward to attending as always. This will be, I think, my third or fourth time attending. I would love to have a chance to say hello to many of you in person. So I'm teaming up with my real life teacher pal and NCKP roommate, Christina Whitlock of the Beyond Measure podcast for an informal meetup. You'll find us hanging out in the lobby of the hotel on Thursday afternoon from 4:15 to five o'clock prior to the five o'clock celebration concert. We each have a special little gift in our back pockets that you can get too, at least until they run out. I hope you get a chance to come by and say hello. Today's tiny tip is related to conferences, and that is to take some time to prepare yourself. Not just packing, but being intentional with what you want to get out of it. I like to keep a list of teachers that I want to make sure I remember to say hello to. It's also good to have a plan for any new books or materials you're looking for, in particular for students, so you don't have to go crazy just buying tons of random books. This is a tip I actually learned from Christina. The same goes for games, really. Do a quick inventory before you leave home and see if there are any holes in the games that you have. Not literally, but figuratively, of course. Don't be tempted to buy a new game about note names when you already have five or six different ones. If you'd like to check out more of my tips for getting the most out of your conference experience, listen in on episode 59. Thanks for listening in today, you guys. I'll see you next week.